0: And here we go, folks. We're back with another edition of Inside Middle Tennessee, and we got the first team here. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Scott Sapicki has decided to to leave us today. I think he's headed to Arkansas, and I I forgot why he was going to Arkansas. I think
1: is it the, the boys are the going for a visit. Yeah, I believe so. For one yeah. of one of the, one of the yeah. footballs. Uh,
0: one of, yeah, because their sons are really good football players, and they're scoping out all the colleges for where they may go eventually. I think Arkansas State had an interest.
1: I think so.
2: I think. Yeah, so. I believe that's where he, because he talked about how nice the facilities were there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well, they pumped a lot. You know, every uh, and we've, I've, I've heard a lot about this. Just about every division one football program now has really, really spent a lot of money. There's no telling how much money's been spent there, in the last five that, years. That is to. a
1: lot of money. Um when I worked at twelve twenty in Nashville, we did a lot of sports for colleges. Oh, and I tell everybody what
0: twelve twenty is. Twelve
1: twenty is a museum fabrication firm and um and they also did trade shows as well. I was a project manager for them for eight years. Um and uh we did I've been to Virginia Tech, Notre Dame, University of Tennessee. Yeah,
0: you did Univers- a lot at Notre Dame, though.
1: I did a lot at Notre Dame. I did the Sports Hall of Fame at Notre Dame.
0: That's pretty cool.
1: It was cool. I met Digger Phelps. Really? I got blessed by him. <laughs> <laughs> One of his trophies was not in the case.
0: You said you got blessed out by him? Uh, yes, yes.
1: So <laughs> Daddy had just asked if I had, had seen Digger, and I said, no, and... Sure enough, the next day he came through and we were doing, because they have so many sports there, lacrosse and like every sport's imaginable. And they have this big room in the Joyce Center um, at Notre Dame and they had cases and then graphic walls and cases and graphic walls and all that. And we were working on that. And there was a trophy not in there, and he goes, bah, 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 bah. and I said, "Sports information is that way, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you go talk to them." Yeah. I had nothing. Go to do. Go talk to
0: the athletic director. I had
1: nothing. To, but I got to help with the Heisman trophies. So they have the Heisman trophies in cases there, and I say most of us never will ever even see one. And she got to dust them. I got to dust them <laughs> and put well, them in really the case. Cool. Yeah, that was. Are one. they big? They're big. They're heavy. They're big. Um they're bigger than I thought. Yeah, I mean, and then um, we did the University of North Carolina. The first one I ever worked on, straight out of graduate school, was the Carolina Basketball Museum at the University of North Carolina, and um, they Chapel have Hill. Chapel Hill, and um, the the national championship trophies are big. Yeah, I mean, you see them on television, but. You know, you get this. You know, everybody knows that, that
0: Duke and North Carolina are big rivals. But oh, what yes. most people don't understand is that they're very close to each other. Um,
1: yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, geographically. Geog- yeah, yeah.
0: I, I think they're within ten miles or something <laughs> so like that. Oh, I didn't
1: know. But that. that's a lovely town. But I got to, I, you know, it was really neat. I would one day I'd be sitting in the floor and Roy Williams would walk through or. At Virginia Tech, Seth Greenberg was the coach at Virginia Tech at the time that we did their basketball facility. And um, I was sitting there on the floor and Seth walks by. And now you to like, I've seen these people, they're you like, know, like, hey, how are you? <laughs> I'm like, what? All <laughs> so, right. Now,
0: when you say that you did the basketball facility, what, what do you mean by, so what was, were you doing to these facilities? So the
1: facility exactly. was built and then the exhibits were to flesh it out with the graphics and the trophy so case. you did that part. I I helped project managers get all that manufactured and put into the building.
0: All right. All that so, stuff has come so far.
1: It is. And the graphics... Even uh, more now. Even more now. Um, they'd have clean graphics for the windows and they'd want this. And you worked with designers from all over and, and they would come up with these wonderful schemes and you had to do the colors and the colors had to be exactly what the school colors are down to like
0: the shade the
1: shade and if it was off it could virginia tech maroon can turn pink if you're not careful, like have a pinky color to it so i mean i learned stuff like that i was like i would never know this otherwise but and i also did a wonderful job i also did history museums and i also worked for the with the national park service to do exhibits so there's some exhibits in the national parks that I actually got to help project manage. One is Fort Pulaski in, on, near Tybee Island. And Believe
0: it or not, I've been there. It's a national, <laughs> it's a monument yes, what it is. Yes. national monument.
1: And um, Tumacockery, a mission. Oh. Is By the way,
0: in, folks, Tybee Island is right outside Savannah. Savannah, yeah. yeah. and
1: Tumacockery <laughs> Tuma is between Tucson and Nogales yeah. in Arizona. Um, and it was a Spanish mission and... That was one of the neatest things, because part of my specialty from my master's in history is oral history, so interviewing people to get their stories and all that. I got to go to a recording studio for two days in Tucson and interview a Pima, a Yaki, and an Apache Indian.
0: I'm just amazed you remember the name. And you can go in that exhibit,
1: and you can press it, but you won't hear me, but you'll hear them talking, and we did it in English, we did it in Spanish, and we did it in their native tongue.
0: And I take it's called Apache, maybe?
1: Well, whatever. whatever. Yeah, so um, the Apache Indian, I don't know if he's still alive, but his name was Chesley, and he was in Westerns, and it was so
0: cool to meet him. A real
2: Indian Movie
1: star. <laughs> <laughs> but it was. You know was, who was
0: a big proponent of that? Big time. W- was w- big time in their camp. John Wayne. Oh, yes, well, He would yes, be.
1: Yes, he yeah. would be. So we, uh, but that that exhibit, but there, I, I had to narrow down on my resume like the top projects that I would like, but I worked all over. There's things all over, and I'll say there'll be something on television during, especially during. March Madness. You know, Mm -hmm. they show the Sports Hall of Fames and all
0: that, and I'll be like,
1: oh, my gosh, look at that. (laughs) I touched that graphic, you know, kind of thing. So,
0: You know, we need to do – I was just thinking about a a good history moment, and you said you've been to Fort Pulaski, as I have, but that is the same Pulaski that Pulaski, Tennessee is named for. And what I think a lot of people don't understand, there's a lot of other Pulaski's, I think either Kentucky or Arkansas – Got
1: Mm-hmm. That'd be neat. I'll look that up. that will be a history moment.
0: soon. You know, I will tell you that what he was, he was a he was a Polish yeah general that fought that thought so much of what the American Revolution was doing and, he and the came. movement that he came over here and fought and led and was killed.
2: Oh, I didn't know that
0: part. Yeah, he was killed, but I think he had some significant victories before his death or whatever. So. Uh, it's just kind of interesting that you have a guy that like that. That's, that's um, the name is as widespread mm. as, as. And it you is. can
1: see at Fort Pulaski where the cannonballs had hit the fort wall, like their yep. holes
0: yep. in the wall. Well, so. what they had done on that on that <clears throat> particular fort is that when they built it, they built it with very thick walls. But the problem that they had was that right after they built it then a rifled barrel for cannonballs uh, became um, prevalent, Mm -hmm. and it increased the range greatly. And the cannons that they had in Fort Pulaski could not shoot, could only shoot like a a mile or two. And Mm. in the meantime, these guys set up about three or four miles away it just blew that. Fort and we did. To bits.
1: We did an interactive. I don't know if it's still there. It may be broken, but we did interactives of a smoothbore cannon and the cannon you were talking about. We did an interactive yeah. where you crank it, so you could see the trajectory of the cannonball.
0: Well, what a lot of this uh, that that fort has been used in several movies. Mm-hmm. And what they what the fort did was it protected uh, the comings and goings out of the, out of the Savannah Harbor. Yes. And what they would do a lot of times is that if, if a ship was coming in, they would literally skip a cannonball off off the water and skip it into the hull right at, at the water line. And, uh, you know, is, is the way that they did that. And a lot of times they would heat them up where they were red hot. Oh,
1: so when they hit, when they got in there,
0: it caught the ship on fire. Yeah. So that was
1: pretty clever, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. And you know who one of the engineers who developed that, uh, he was a young, I think he was a lieutenant at the time, but a young man who who helped, uh, was one of the main proponents or the main designers of that fort by chance. Robert E. Lee. There you go. How about that? Hey, uh, Sheila, you can't fool Sarah Lou. No.
2: Mm-hmm. Whatever I did to her <laughs> <laughs> I, I, has paid off in many ways. She has, well, we. I think the first thing I can remember talking to her about history is we were going down West 7th Street, and they were putting a copper roof on the First Methodist Church. And remember, it was just a gleam. That's back when you
0: could afford to do that. I guess so. <laughs> anyway,
2: they said... The they who were the, the publicity said that that roof was to last eighty years, and I said, "Look up there, Sarah Elizabeth. You're three years old. When you get to be eighty-three, would you come to town and see if that's still
0: there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah see if the warranty's still yeah gonna hold. yeah.
2: But we, we and we took her to Williamsburg when she was probably was second grade. Second grade, and she was just enamored of the whole thing, and they had this living history exhibit where you could go and see so many things, but this particular one showed this household waking up and getting ready for the, the day's activities. And so they were... Uh, Make, making up the beds and airing out the feather mattresses and beating rugs and, you know, all those Doing things. Doing what they did back then. Yes, yeah. and they were uh, beginning the day's meal because they said what they cooked that morning would what, be— Were they
0: checking Instagram? No, no, <laughs> no, no, no carrier pigeons. No, no TikTok? No, no,
2: what they cooked that morning, they would be—they couldn't cook twice, you know. They oh, yeah. had, to, had to cook whatever they cooked over that open fire— or that fireplace that had to be the day's vittles. and she liked that. I could so, put it
0: in the microwave later not on? Not later, no, no, no.
2: <laughs> and so she liked that so much, we went back twice. And they they would have I don't know if she did or not, but they'd pick last children from the audience from the from the visitors to come and fluff up a pillow or do do something like that. I don't, like I don't that. remember. But, I don't know her that she but did.
1: That. I love colonial history. Because I think because of that interaction, history came well, to what life. What do you want to day. bet
0: that our own Bill Glidden was probably there at the time <laughs> as a reenactor of some it, type? It could yeah.
2: easily have
1: been. Yeah, and that. You know. And if you've never been to Williamsburg, Virginia, I highly recommend going, because it takes you back to that time period, the seventeen hundreds, and mm. you can. They have living historians. That's I guess they do living history. These are historians that do take on the persona of a person that lived in Williamsburg. And you cannot get them off subject. No, you can't get them out of character. They They are firmly
2: trained in what they're supposed to say. And their clothing
1: is authentic and everything. And um, this this will probably not shock a lot of people, but Sean McCloud was supposed to plan our honeymoon as a surprise. I wasn't supposed to know where we were going. Yeah. Well, he picked it, and one of his friends dropped the ball two weeks before we were supposed to go. And um, I, we went to Williamsburg.
0: <laughs> like you'd never been there. Like I'd never been there. But did he know that you He had,
1: did. He did. But we went there, and we went to a witch trial. And we went to – because they, they research, They find actual things that happened in Virginia – at that time period and reenact them. And then we also went, had dinner, a candlelight dinner at one of the taverns and all that. And then we went to a ball at the governor's palace. And that was so fun. I mean.
0: I was going to say, I think going as an adult would be an entirely different experience is, than, yes. than if well, you were Ellie Grace's age. Yeah. yeah
1: I don't know. I mean, we've
2: been a number of times. I, Sarah Elizabeth and I went one time by ourselves.
0: And that was lovely.
1: But <laughs> I, I I highly recommend that. Just, you just feel like. Yeah. It it makes you feel like you're at the beginning of America. Yeah. And all that happening.
0: Well, Bill Glidden's time period that he likes is, is the, he was a, a war of 1812. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's yes. kind of his his deal when he goes up there.
1: But that's a historic triangle, they call it. You got Williamsburg, you got Jamestown, and you got the Battle of Yorktown. So it's all they're right there. With,
2: yeah, they're all within driving distance. Yes, and you can hit
1: all of those at once. So Cool. I, we have digressed greatly today. <laughs> no, that, no that's, that's fine because
0: we can do that today. We can do that today. You know, I, I have. We're going to have to take a break. And uh, I tell you what, folks, we'll be back in a few minutes with Inside Middle Tennessee. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Three, two, one.
1: This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM.
0: And we're back with Inside Middle Tennessee. I have, as usual, I have done a bad job of introducing the players <laughs> in here. I don't,
1: is there a checklist we have to go? Is it you like flying a plane, like, did we do this check Well, you know, really got a script over there. Like, <laughs> you know,
0: I think we just need, you know, I think we just have to be cognizant that that our audience can't see us, and so they really don't know who's here. They <laughs> probably are cued in our voices pretty well. Yeah. But, but I'm Jim Ross. We do have mm. T. Willie or Terry Wilcox on the board, hey. who uh, who tried to throw a fright into me yesterday by saying <laughs> saying he'll be there, like like he may not. I did. Be. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. You know,
1: I guess you and I could just start pressing buttons. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, that's that's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But you got to press the right one at the right <laughs> no, time. That's true. Phone a friend. I have one phone call to Clayton. Clayton, which button do I press? <laughs> well, I don't know if
0: you know, but last Thursday they had a uh, they had a meltdown, so to speak, mm-hmm. and bad distortion. They had a the uh, they had a Microsoft patch that went through that night, and it just messed up everything. And goodness, and the. It does. Uh, And the the voices were just, you couldn't hardly understand them. And I guess it drove Delk crazy, but then again... You know, probably gave a lot of people some relief from, from combat radio. That that's what have. I was thinking. That's what you know? I was thinking. <laughs> A lot of people are going, good, this ought to happen more often. That was the highest rated <laughs> show they had all year. You know? <laughs> well, also with us is Sheila Hickman. Thank goodness. We're always glad to have Sheila and Thank Sarah you. Elizabeth Hickman McLeod. And I don't know if she's ever going to add three or four other no, names. No, I cannot.
1: So, I'm done. You know, I'm done adding. It'll uh, take you 10 it, minutes
0: to write out your name. I
1: know. But I may add PhD to the end eventually. But not right now. <laughs> there you go. But that's okay.
0: <laughs> you know, so we always do a, a. We've been doing some history. We've been we, all, been, we might do history the whole show. Yeah, but we, did, so. we, got, we got. So this one.
1: I I dug. I keep everything I talk about in a box.
0: Okay. At my house.
1: I just sometimes... Cataloged, I'm sure. Properly. No, no, they're just in the stack. They're just in the stack. (laughs) Um,
2: We have those files in our house.
1: But um, I am in the middle of finishing grant writing uh, my department. We do community development block grants and recreation grants, and we're in the middle of, for our counties and municipalities we serve, so we're in the middle of that. So my brain is fried, so I just pulled out something, but I'm going to credit Uncle Bob. So, uh, Uncle Bob, I was looking through his book, The Dimple of the Universe book, which I I love his books. If y'all don't have a set out there, you might try to find them. They, ha- they're still have his, at the archives. Yes.
0: Do you have his favorite book?
1: No, we have not written that yet, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we work on you that. You want to tell
0: everybody what his favorite book well, is? You can. You can. Yeah. <laughs> Come into a
1: bookstore near you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Bob, Bob used to love, he, he would threaten, he'd always get, uh, he'd have a history moment on this show. And inevitably, somebody would either contradict him or <laughs> criticize it or whatever, and he said he's going to write a book, and the title of the book, he said, you, you weren't the there, title. so you don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he, he had an article that was, because uh, he wrote an article in the Columbia Daily Herald every Sunday many years, yes, and that's um, where his
2: books came from. Yes, I mean, from those articles. There was a,
1: a group of us ladies that put those together for him. F- five volumes. I think, yeah, five. I think it's five. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's kind of like what Jill Garrett's books are—the red books, um, hither, and yon. Uh, hither and yon were her. Newspaper articles. Yeah. So, uh, but he had a case for the pronunciation of local names. So I was like,
0: <laughs> there we go.
1: So it is time for, uh, we're going to have a session of how to speak like a Murray County. Uh, Uncle Bob told readers to cut the article out and hang it on your desk and mark it in arguments, <laughs> pronunciation. So if you're new, you might want to record this for further use. I'm trying to help you. Uh, Sound more local than you do. <laughs> so, um, So I, de- I'm
2: sure people move here with that in mind. I'm going to move down there and I'm going to try to sound like they do. Yeah.
1: So, the good de- luck with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The debate is as old as Murray County, um, as old Murray County would be the pronunciation of Murray. It is not Mari like Mari Povich, it's or Murray, it, or is it Murray like the locals say? At MTSU, because my undergraduate is in mass communications, a professor said, "However the locals pronounce the place they live, it's correct in their eyes." So it's been through, proven through research at the Murray County Archives that our founder Joseph Brown wrote the county's name as Murray, M-U-R well M-U-R-R-E-E, and so our county is named from Abram Murray and some of his descendants sound. Pronounce their name Mari, like Mari Povich. So, you know, yeah. sometimes people change their names because they become more distinguished. So, <laughs> but if you look in the Dictionary of American Family Names by Oxford University Press, which is the last word on the use of the English language, I'm probably going to buy a copy and put it here for us. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, it's a it big wouldn't old. do us any good. <laughs> no, it, would not. it lists the names of Murray as being of French descent. Uh, It was original A. Murray, which was later shortened to Murray. And the Murray family was French Huguenots who fled to America to avoid persecutions. Other spellings of the name were Mori, M-O-R-E-Y, or M-O-R-Y, or E-M-E-R-Y. So if you take the E off, then it comes out Murray. So that's probably the gentrified version of the name, but we believe it is how Abram Murray pronounced his name.
2: Of course, cool. it, the folks had a, no standardized spelling, yeah. and if you look at the old manuscripts and the days, it's all de- phonetic, it's yeah. all phonetic just exactly how it sounded. And you know we have we have twenty six letters in our alphabet, but we have hundreds of sounds that can be assimilated <laughs> from those twenty six letters. That's why children have such a time learning to spell. P-H can be F, and F can be F, and then here you go. Yeah,
1: no, that's a good point. <laughs> and that's why Sheila Hickman does spelling words with Ellie Grace McLeod. <laughs> Bless her heart,
2: she's got a spelling test today. <laughs> I th- I, she had 20 words. I know nobody who cares, who's, uh, can, has any influence on education can do anything about it, but 20 words, that's a massive amount for a little kid in the second grade. Yeah. And they're not words like dog and cat and beautiful
0: and...
2: Food. No, one of her spelling words this week is ramparts. As the ramparts we watch were so gallantly streaming... And Grace wow. said, well, what's a rampart? So I sold her the song. She said, I don't know all that song yet. That it, and they want to know... I wish Scott were here. He and I have talked about this a hundred times. They want to know why children are not reading on grade level... Well, that's a clue right there. Yeah. What second grader is, and Sarah Elizabeth, uh, Ellie grace They're not
0: capable of, of absorbing uh-uh. that high level uh-uh. of information. And
2: and her reading lesson this week was the War of 1812. Now, let me tell you that children in the second grade have no sense of history. And here we are worrying about reading their reading capabilities and we're giving them stuff that's so far-fetched they couldn't identify with it if they wanted to. And it talks about it talks about. of course we know about the War of 1812 because we've had history. They don't have any sense of history. If they're too little. It's hard for them to think of when, when, when they're going to be in the fourth grade because they can't go backward and forward in time like mm-hmm. we can. And, and, the, and in that article and I remember studying this in the 12th grade in American history with Mr. Barron when we studied the War of 1812. There's a big thing in there about the British Navy impressing our soldiers off off the American ships and putting them into the British service. Now, what second grader is going to understand impressment of taking one fella off one ship and putting him on another ship. How is that relevant to playing on the playground?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, you make a good point. Yes. And the point of it all is is that if you want a child, particularly that age, to learn something, you've got to give them something that is interesting to them that will hold their attention, that they can relate to, and then they will learn. Yes. But they will check out mentally real quick. And I, and I
2: think about Ellie Grace and how, how how smart she is and how much she knows and then how she must seem somewhat defeated to herself because this is just not relevant to her life at all. They could talk about a horse or a dog or a goat or they could talk about Alice and Jerry like we did. Yeah. But, the, but if there's nothing relevant and there's no flow I've been thinking about making an appointment with the governor I'm really aggravated about this <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I tell you what you got the ear of a guy that's uh, that's, yeah. a, that's a a pretty heavy hitter with the education Yes, folk, he so. is. He
2: works hard, and I appreciate what he's doing. But I just think that, that I know we've interrupted your thing here. It's fine. Sarah Elizabeth, <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, that, but,
0: that, that's normal procedure for well, this I show. Well, I
2: guess it is. And I, I, I understand. She's used to it. <laughs> I understand what they're trying to do, but they're going at it backwards. Yeah. You know, if we're going to start teaching American history in the second grade, then we better start with the with the pilgrims, and not, yeah. and not jump on up to
1: the War of eighteen twelve. Yeah, related to Thanksgiving that, yes. that they yes. might be able.
0: Yes. to like,
2: like,
1: Yes, I remember that Pilgrims Thanksgiving. That was one of the first mm-hmm. history lessons. Yeah, and, so. and
0: funny hats with the big belt buckles yes, and all yes, that kind yes, of stuff. Yes, and the
1: buckles we, on your feet. We've shoes gotten so
2: sophisticated with what we want children to know, and and I I think about how hard we work and how how. All those little children in the second grade and, and in, in the elementary grades, especially how they were deprived of education during COVID and that often and on in school and out of school. And now they're victims of COVID from an education viewpoint.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All the children.
2: Oh, sure. yes. Yeah, but especially those in the first three or four grades.
0: Yeah. yeah. Works exactly. critical. Well, back to back to the regular <laughs> schedule. Uh, history
1: lesson. Uh, it's okay. So I'm gonna go. So um, I'm gonna go on some other places in Murray County. How are we doing on time? T Will We got, we got, go, five, we uh, got we five. got five minutes. minutes. Oh, I can do that. Yes. But if okay.
0: we come back from break, we can keep on.
1: We can keep <laughs> on. So I'm gonna go on some other places in Murray County and their pronunciations. There was this awesome shirt that Ted's has. I don't know. Ted had Ted's downtown had, but it had. Um, how to say these were uh, these places in Oh there. yeah I remember that yeah. t shirt. I have I get, that t shirt. It was green. It, mine was green. So Hampshire, not Hampshire.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh Williamsport, not Williamsport. Um William it was, Sport. It was named in hopes that there would be a future port there for the Duck River called <coughs> Williamsport. Port. port.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Theta, not Theta. Um, it was really originally known as Walnut Ridge or Walnut Grove, and according to one of my cousins, it was changed to Theta at a later date by a lady.
2: Do we know who the lady was? I
1: don't know. Cully Oka, Cully Oka, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Mount Mount Pledin, That's how Miss Aiken said it. Margaret Dean Aiken, one of the characters of Murray County. Um, she, Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. Like saying, couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but Mount Pleasant. Santa Fe, not Santa Fe. Uncle Bob found a, a meal invoice from Webster's Mill Cross Bridges, and it showed the Timmins family lived in Santa Fe, spelled S-A-N-T-I-F-E-E. <laughs> pretty well sealed
0: it. Uh, Phonetic spelling, (laughs) as you said. said. So I
1: must remind you, in the early days, there wasn't a dictionary floating around to tell you how to spell names of places. Um, And Mother alluded that earlier, they spelled everything phonetically as the word sounds. So that's also, you see that in census data from the time with spellings of last names. But outside of our county in the great state of Tennessee, there are a few places that are spelled one way and called the other. Wartrace is spelled uh, W A R T R A C E all together. Mm-hmm. One word. One mm-hmm. word.
0: That's in Bedford County, right? Yeah. In Bedford County. Um, Near Shevel.
1: Shevel was Shevel, the next yeah. one. And um, i it's always confused me, and I've never <laughs> quite figured that out. To me, Shevel would be in Shelby County. Oh, well, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, You know, That's
2: that kind of. Yeah, Bob did a whole thing yeah, about Bob how did mixed whole, up the counties yes, and the yeah. cities. Work. Well,
0: it's probably named for the same guy. Yes.
1: Yeah, yes. It, it, so, it, it,
0: great different parts of the state. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but we've southernized a great many names over the years, and I was on a phone conference one time. We were talking about me working with the National Park Service and they heard my accent and a gentleman said do you speak the king's english down there (laughs) i said yes sir the southern version so and and i have been told um in corporate america where i worked at one time in my life that i needed to lose my southern accent because i sounded not educated um but the southern accent is the closest to the english accent than the british um so uh of the, the early settlers. Of the early settlers. But year after year, the southern accent is dying. But I'm blessed to have had parents that have very thick southern accents. That well, now, a whole carry. lot of
0: that has to do, believe it or not, when you say the accents are disappearing. Uh-huh. Television. Yeah. Yes. Oh,
1: yeah. That's
2: yeah. A standardization. The,
0: yeah, the news, and the, and they are, they're all looking for that Midwestern
2: yeah. mm-hmm.
0: accent. Now, but I'll tell you this much. It's, I thought it was so interesting. I had a daughter that played... Division one basketball up in Pennsylvania. Oh, yes. And so I spent a lot of time uh, going up, up north, and, yeah. and everything is condensed. I mean, you know, she's in Pennsylvania uh, on the eastern side of it, but it's only 90 minutes away from New York City. Yeah. Uh, and, and you have to cross New Jersey to get to you New get York City. From, That's yeah. what I mean. All of that is so condensed. But here's the interesting thing. I cannot tell you how many times mm-hmm. I have had people who are from there, and their kids are from there, And they just say, we just love to hear you talk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. If we travel, yes. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, is to me, and and, uh, I may get blasted for this one, but, you know, Northerners love to hear Southerners talk and want to be Southerners, but Southerners don't want to be Northerners.
2: No, <laughs> no. 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 When I about let's say how many how many years ago?
1: I'm I, uh, Terry, yeah, <laughs> Terry, no, here,
2: Terry. Well, Mr. <clears throat> Mr. Wilcox is assimilated
0: very well. <laughs> yeah, been I, here
1: thirty-two years, so. I, hey, I
0: bet he's learned how to say y'all, 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 and yeah, all y'all, yeah. all yeah, so y'all, perfectly. <laughs> perfectly East lovely. Tennessee that is, is so much better than you guys. Yeah, and East Tennessee is uh, Ewans, yeah. Ewens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that in Western North Carolina. Yeah. yeah,
2: and that is from the from the early Appalachia, yes. yes.
1: Appalachia. Yeah, Appalachia. yeah. yeah uh, is- we have our friends that live up in um, uh, in Wartburg and all <laughs> up in East Tennessee. They they said and I. Sean goes, now, they say Ewins when I went up there the first yeah. time to meet them. And I said, okay. And it's it flows in their, like, in their speech just like y'all flows in ours. It is just, That's just the exception. I love it, though. Yeah. Well, you know,
0: when you get into East Tennessee and Western North Carolina, it's home of the high eye. Yeah. Yes. It's yeah. so a light night. I, yeah.
2: Yes. Would yeah. Would you like
0: some ice yes. <laughs> in your drink?
2: Yes. <laughs> I, 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 high
0: eye. High
1: eye. So oh, I, I,
2: and I, I will leave
1: you with this. When are, I was I'll at, tell one story when you get <laughs> there. Oh, well, we will oh okay. When dad was the principal of Central High School, everybody knew, people that live around here knew that. He was my principal. He became principal the day before I started my freshman year of high school. But he would always do the announcements. <laughs> and so, it was great. Yeah, you you, you could never guess what he would mess up or what he would, I would say, hickmanize. Miss um, Matlock, Connie Matlock, was a Latin teacher, a family friend of ours, mom's best friend. Um, her daughter and I are still friends. Uh, but she and her Latin class kept up over the course of a school year of what da- daddy's, like, top ten sayings. <laughs>
0: And They made a, made a t-shirt. and They made a
1: t-shirt. Had a t-shirt made at the end. Um, we have it proudly hanging in our office at home. Uh, <laughs> but some of the favorites are next semester. Not semester, but semester. The library was called the library. And his favorite was because when I was in school, sagging, bagging britches. Yeah. And then... Mother, I have one of my mom, Now, mom has a a whole myriad of sayings as well, but my favorite is you could wear the brass horns off a billy goat.
2: We had a shirt one time that said, "Miss Hickman raises brass horn billy goats.
1: (laughs) And now we have goats, but they're not brass horns. There you go.
0: Folks, we got to pay a few bills, and I tell you what, we'll be back in a little while. We'll, We'll continue to mangle up the English language on Inside Middle Tennessee. Here we go! You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee.
1: This is Sarah Lizzie.
0: This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And we're back with Inside Middle Tennessee, (laughs) having a little bit of fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, we always have fun. I wouldn't come if it wasn't fun.
0: Well, I've been doing it for over 20 years now, and I think it could be like 25, I guess. But, um, you know, if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't be here either. No, no. You know? Listen,
2: I used to have this kind of fun when I taught school. We yeah. could have this kind of fun. <laughs> But you couldn't do that now because you're too busy learning about sh- the War of 1812. That's right.
0: <laughs> you know, people trying to get Paige Chamberlain off topic is just famous. Oh, yeah.
2: I, de- oh, I was. I have a, a, d- a Paige Chamberlain
1: well, story. I was, was the designate. I had him for lunch block when I was a senior, and he had this rows in his classroom, in old in the old building that was built in the 60s. He had two rows, fa- two rows facing. It had a big aisle in the middle. Two rows facing one another. And I was over it. he put us in alphabetical order. So we well, were all course, in our order. And we're sitting by all of our buddies. We've been sitting by our entire school career because we're all have the same, you know, we hadn't changed our names and everything. But there was a signal to get him off topic. I was the one to get him off topic. <laughs> Mr. Chamberlain, could you please talk about Lizzie Porter or something? And anything,
0: just anything. Anything. Um, and it was. He'd just go off. Uh, and yeah. his,
1: I don't think we'll ever hear anyone with his accent. As no. thick as it was. No, he really um, had But reason. he would call and <laughs> the house. Um, he <laughs> and would this call. is so funny. he go. Well, he
0: didn't have it, but it wasn't, it wasn't country, though. No, uh, it, it, was was country. it was very refined. very refined. refined. And yeah.
1: he'd go,
2: Sheila, this is Paige. Yeah. <laughs> or, well, says, or, he'd, or he'd just start out would say, this is Paige. Well, hi. he'd be like me trying to disguise my voice if you've ever heard me then, then there would be no disguising but
0: when he, i don't know why i bothered to introduce you because there's no there's no point everybody knows I, already
2: uh remember remember when they had that sound off thing in the newspaper oh yeah i used to call things in and my mother made me quit because she said they'll figure out who you are <laughs> Real quick. So I did. I quit. It, uh... I swore off such ugly things as that, but it was fun while it lasted. <laughs> but when Paige was my next door neighbor and he was my dearest friend ever in so many ways. And when Tommy Harrison was principal for that short while, uh, we we were always playing some kind of joke on, on Paige to begin with. And I found this article in the paper where one could go somewhere to some university and he could he could have his southern accent expunged. He could no longer sound like he was from the south. He so, would say
0: university. Yeah. So yeah.
2: anyway we got I think we got Tommy Harrison in on this and, and I clipped it out of the paper and, and I think we said um that that if Paige wanted to go that the school would pay for him to go and take this course. (laughs) I can't tell you what it said. It was not pretty. But... (laughs) You know, you could you could really. Paige was really pretty gullible sometimes, and you could uh, we passed it off. You know, as we were always trying to go learn something to be better teachers, and so we just passed this off as a as a possibility for his professional growth. And if he, if he's if he's listening up there in heaven, he still has
0: words to say about that. Well, tell me if he could get CE credits for it, he may have gone. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but he
2: they was just. In
1: a frenzy and, about and it, and he would tell story. He went to MTSU, yeah, and so he would tell stories about pranks they played on it, their roommates at MTSU, and it was hard for us to think of him
0: as a prankster, as yeah. a prankster,
1: because he was a teacher. Now, my aunt, my old my my aunt Donna, uh, my dad's oldest sister, she lives in Alabama now, but Aunt Donna said that Paige made her cry. Oh well he was so, so serious said, when Yeah. I said I I don't understand that because I knew him in a different setting. He yeah. mellowed considerably. But I he
2: came he was at Santa Fe two years and then he came to Central and I could have had him as an 11th grader, but I didn't because my friends who had him felt they were overworked and underappreciated. <laughs> and he could give a vocabulary list that would stop a clock. And it, would, it wouldn't would be simple words. It would be multisyllabic words that you might use sometime taking the SAT. You're probably not going to use them in your friendly letters.
0: <laughs> well, now, if, if Paige were alive, how would Paige be? a b up in eighty. So, yeah. so he was relatively young when when you had him, or, oh, or yeah. you, when you would have had him.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. He uh, he was um he was one of the young male teachers. We had him and Cloud Craig and. Uh, Mr. Is that a Tom- rarity
0: even back then?
2: Yeah, Tommy Kirk. And uh, I can't think of that other fellow's name. Shoot. And they would all go to the basketball games. That was when Eddie played basketball, and we had such wonderful basketball mm-hmm. teams. Mm-hmm. And they would all go to all the basketball games. They were all like the well, – I'll think of that other person's name. If you're listening, you might remind me who I'll you I'll bet are. you
0: anything that Paige wore a bow tie to basketball. Hey, of course yeah.
2: he did. Of course yeah. he did. And there's a picture in one of the annuals, and I may have told this before – where uh, he taught everybody in his class to tie a bow tie, and there's a picture of the whole class, and they all have bow ties, and it says, "A bow tie is a must." <laughs> <laughs> and Boy. then we'd say, "Is that a clip-on tie page?" Well, you know, it's not a clip-on tie. My goodness gracious!
1: <laughs> but and and he would get coffee at the. At the office, mm-hmm. and you could follow the dripping. The trail, oh yeah, the he coffee dripped coffee all over the school,
0: room, so. all over the school. But you know, it sounds like he's one of those folks that you could throw something out there, and he would rise and take the bait. Every yeah, time oh yeah. Well, and, and I, run with it. I,
1: yeah. well, as the we had the vocabulary workshop when I was a senior. That's and a little book. It's okay. a book of vocabulary words, and we'd have the test on Fridays, and he would. He'd say number. Get your paper out. Number them. Everything, and he'd say um, he'd say a word like chicanery, and we'd sit there for a minute, and we're all trying to act like we're writing, and then somebody would say, "Mr. Tramble, can you say that again?" He'd say, "Chicanery," what the part of speech was, and the definition, and then he would proceed to spell the word for us, <laughs> and so we we're sitting there going. Okay, well, we got we got to know some more words, so, we, you know, but... But he didn't do that when he first started. No, he didn't, but, no. but he called us the Canterbury Tales, and I can hear him still in my head. To, you know how you hear people's voices in your head? Yeah. you I can still hear him in my I'm,
0: head. I'm worried about you, sir. I know. <laughs> I can hear him reading some of the Canterbury hey, Tales. Hey, Terry, what are we going to do about that? <laughs> Sarah Elizabeth, Sarah Elizabeth. yeah. I...
1: You know, you forget sometimes when people are gone, like if you, leave, like your my grandmother, my mom's mom, for example, we got VHS tapes out around Christmas this year to see, we still have a VCR, because <laughs> I'm a firm believer in keeping the technology that you have. <laughs> anyway, so we, we watched it, and I heard my grandmother's voice for the f- first time in several years, and I just sat there for a minute and just,
0: Teared up. Teared yeah.
1: up and um but sometimes yeah,
0: we haven't got you teared up on this show. Not we to, normally it's normally it's today, one but, of our goals. But
1: as mother has gotten older, her accent is still the same. But sometimes when I call her she sounds like my grandmother. And oh, I didn't of, know that. I, <laughs> but it's kind of weird. That's
0: a little eerie. Isn't it, it is. It
1: is. We all turn into our mothers. We are products of our
2: environment. Yeah. You can't. You can't fight heredity and environment. Both. Mm. One or the other is going to get you. Yeah. And maybe both of them are going <laughs> to. But do she it. always.
1: My grandmother always talked about having a telephone voice. Like yeah. Very oh, moment. my mother did have a telephone uh-huh. voice.
2: A More professional voice. Yeah, she did. If she called, if she called some It was like it was like she flipped a switch, and she had a more formal presentation than what she had around the house. I I don't know if she, I don't know if she was even aware of it, but she did. When she talked business, she was business like
0: Sheila. You said something. You, you would love this story. Back in 1974, I was in Marine Corps boot camp at the end of Vietnam, and. It was rough. It was thirteen weeks, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, no breaks. They controlled oh, everything. Yeah. They, they by law they had to give you eight hours of sleep, but by golly, to the second they, they <laughs> up uh, and at them. Yeah, buddy. But I had a, we had a couple of guys who uh, let's just say that they uh, messed up frequently. <laughs> sort and, like uh,
2: Gomer Pyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And a drill instructor. I remember hearing him one time. He said, "Recruit." He says, "I can't do anything about your heredity, but I can so and so sure do something about your environment." <laughs> <laughs> and they did something about your environment. You <laughs> know, uh, I mean, I look back on that, and you truly, truly, and uh, and other folks who are uh, Marine veterans would understand this. You get brainwashed. You literally well, that's, that's get brainwashed. That's the way the military works. Yeah. That's the way it, well, it almost has to. I mean, yeah. you know, you, you've got to follow an order no matter what it is, and you got to do it just by reflex. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't. You can't sit there and think about it. Yeah. You know. So, you know, you were talking earlier too, and I, this it reminded me of something of uh, Williamsburg and the reenactors, and you yes. can't get them off topic. Yeah. I don't know if anybody here has had the pleasure ever of going to the U.S. Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. No. no, you need to go. We've
2: had students to go.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, and in fact, come to think of it, I think um, uh, I don't. It wasn't Mule Day. Um, I'm trying to think when it was, but Andy Harlan was in town. Oh yes, Ed we Ed saw Harlan him soon. Mule Day. Yeah, we yeah. saw him. Yeah. Andy's a proud graduate uh, of, of the Naval Academy, and um, they have John Paul Jones, uh, the Admiral John yeah. Paul Jones. Oh, not the, is, not the drummer. Is, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I just wanted to clear that okay. up for Terry here. It's you know. a music thing, you know. You, yeah, I just like, wanted to clear that up for him. Okay. And anyway, he uh he's buried. I say he's buried there. He's in a crypt. Oh. Uh, he's in a, a marble, French marble. The French uh, donated it all. He died in France, and he was buried in France. And a hundred years after his death, the Naval Academy folks went over there and dug him up, and and they found out where he was. He's in an iron coffin, I think. And they had a marble crypt built, and there is a circular walkway that goes around it, and all this ornate marble floors, oh. and, around, and it's all donated by the French because they thought so much of it. Yeah, and I'm amazed they let us they they let us have them back. But anyway, they have the people that that is they march around that thing twenty four hours a day, seven days oh. a week, and it's oh. all by volunteers. Oh. <clears throat> Volunteer cadets, or yeah. no, or midshipman. I'm sorry, yeah. Midshipmen. and get this: there's a waiting list to do it. Oh. People, they all so much want to do it. But here's the thing: you can go up to them, and they they will look at you. You know, if you address them, they may stop and look at you, and but they will not really say anything at mm-hmm. all, and they'll just continue walking around there.
1: Kind of like the yeah. the guards at Buckingham <clears throat> Palace. <clears throat> And, um,
0: don't you know they get tempted? yeah
1: I know. I, you know,
2: that, the self-discipline, we don't have much self-discipline left in our world. I'm, I'm a pretty good example of not much self-discipline. We we'll don't have an attention span. No, but those folks have got been so focused on what they're doing that... You what, it, I've always wondered, what, what are you thinking about when you're standing there for your eight hours or whatever it is, and your mind is locked in there, and you can't, you can move your eyes, and that's about it. Well, yeah. They're
0: well, looking at the crowd and reading the yeah. crowd. Yeah, reading the crowd.
1: Well, we went, when we were in D.C., we went by Arlington, Virginia, on our way to the Capitol.
0: Another cool place.
1: And the changing of the guard. Again, another place you need to go. Tomb of the
0: Unknown Soldier. Tomb yep. of the
1: Unknown Soldiers. It is very... Formal, very regimented, very everything. It's just, you know, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it's all pretty cool.
0: Folks, the music has started. We've had a lot of fun, like we typically do. (laughs) It's gone by fast today. (laughs) uh, Terry, you have programming notes?